Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And, um, <sighs> the side, the team side. <laughs> yeah. How, how's your week going? Well, um, the Bills played the shittiest game of football ever in Monday Night Football. But apparently I don't have ESPN anymore, so I didn't actually watch it. I just fell asleep on the couch trying to find a channel that I could watch it on. Um, I did have a very far. That's good. Weekend was productive. Um, Only four of my students failed my class. One in each grade. Oh, good. At least they were in separate grades. Right. (laughs) Spread Um, out. Yeah. And um my car almost killed me. Yeah. That's so not great. Last, yeah, last Wednesday my truck engine light went on and I was like, mm, nothing sounds weird. Nothing feels weird. Like my car doesn't feel super sluggish when I'm driving. I don't hear any sounds. I am overdue for an oil change, so I'll just get my oil changed. If that turns the light off, then great. If it doesn't, then I'll call my mechanic. See, that was Wednesday, though. And then Thursday happened, and then Friday happened, and then Saturday (laughs) happened, and then Sunday happened. And then yesterday, I finally was like, going to get my oil change. Got it. Got it. And then I go to get my oil change, and the guy's like, something smells like it's burning. It's like, weird. Sometimes my air vents smell like they're burning because, you know, it's winter and it's 12 degrees out and oh, I keep them really hot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then he opens out of my car and he just goes, so I can't change your oil. And I was like, why? And he was, can you just, can you just get out of the car for a second and come look at this? And I was like, great. So he shows me that my oil is leaking onto the engine and smoking. You didn't see any smoke? No, it literally it had just started smoking for the first time yesterday, like when that happened. It wasn't like billowing smoke. It was like little drops smoking. And because it's so cold, I don't mm. see that like mm-hmm. in the car. And it was like just starting to get bad enough that that was happening. Like if I had driven it for another two days, it would have caught on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Great. Glad you got, glad you got that fixed. And that is divine intervention because I was fully going to put it off another two days and then chose not to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you made it through that. And you are still alive. I don't know the last time I cried that hard. But like, you know, when you're like upset about something and like you cannot get past it. Mm-hmm. Like, so my parents were at the Monday night football game. Yeah. And so was my sister. And so in my mind, despite the fact that I have like Monica still lives here. I have my aunt that I work with. I have family. I have like Teresa is like my best friend. I literally was panicking. I was like, I can't, nobody can pick me up. Everyone's busy. Everyone's at the football game. I'm going to die. My car is going to catch on fire. I was like crying in a text message to my mom. 
my dad's coworker came and picked me up from the shop. Granted, it's because the shop that I go to works on the trucks for my dad's company. Mm-hmm. So he already knows where the shop is. I don't have to give him directions. And he right. was at work still. So which is super close to my house. Yes. So like, but like, and then I came home and ate um, a uh, block of brie cheese and cried and fell asleep on the couch. I love and brie so cheese. So my mom goes, can you eat something real for dinner tonight? I was like, okay. Uh, that sounds like me. That's been my week and my it's life. only Tuesday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what time is anymore. Um, <laughs> so working, working a whole lot of hours as we always talk about. I worked a full uh, 78 hours last week and um, that was not super but I made it yeah. um, Saturday. I was supposed to work from 10 AM through dinner too. We were supposed to have someone come in at three and um, she got sick and couldn't come in. So then I was there till nine 30. So I was there for 11 and a half hours that day. It's not her fault. I love her. She follows the podcast. It's not her fault. I was just tired. <laughs> and uh, So then I slept. All day Sunday, literally, I think I took four naps on Sunday. Like I just kept taking naps. You were asleep a good amount on (laughs) Sunday. Most of Sunday I was asleep. And then yesterday I didn't feel like eating lunch and I got to the bar and I was like, it's fine. I go to, I go to dinner at like seven 30 or eight. I'll have dinner. Then I'll eat a salad so that like with salmon, so my body can like make it through. I didn't get to go on break till 1130 last night. So I had a cupcake and a bag of sun chips before 1130 last night. And people kept saying, do you want a cookie? And I was like, I need to eat something real. I need to put something real in my body. Yeah. It was a, it was a struggle. I think the worst part about my cheese dinner last night was that I was double fisting brie cheese and Reese's covered pretzels. (gasps) Oh, that sounds like an excellent night. And we don't see the problem here. The emotional state that led me to eat that way is the problem. <laughs> right, right. That's fair. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, um, it's been interesting. I feel like one day we're going to have to have happy stories for the our, the weekly check-in because we're just like, everything sucks. We're tired. <laughs> I almost died again. Yeah. Well, my, uh, mom, my, mom today I am- goes, my mom today goes, you know, it's okay. If you take a break and like tell Courtney, you can only record one episode. You need to sleep. I go, mom, I don't have time to do a second one later in the week. And neither does she. She goes, no, no, no. I, I know that. But I go, but nothing. My mom says the same thing. She's like, are you doing this podcast forever? And I was like, oh, well, you know, yeah. as long as we could make it happen. She's like, do you need to go to sleep? I was like, I sleep on Sundays. <laughs> I was like, it's fine. I sleep on Sundays. Everything's fine. I was like, this is my one joy in the week. I was like, it's my creative outlet and it's my not work event that I get to do and have fun. And I get to talk to Mary Kate. Like, let me have my one thing. (laughs) Let me have this. It's the only part of my job that doesn't involve working with people I hate. Exactly. Well, I do love the people that I work with at the bar, but. No, but customers. 
let me tell you, I, I love, like, I love most of my coworkers mm-hmm. at Shays, mm-hmm. but like sometimes some of the companies that come in there suck. I love yes. most of the teachers at my school and most of the kids, but sometimes they suck. This is the only job I have that I don't hate anyone involved. That's so fair. Me either. I love I, both of us. Me too. <laughs> Happy moment. We made it. We did. We made it to uh, episode 11. We sure did. Dead like me. It is called The Bicycle Thief. It's rated eight stars. And it came out on September 5th, 2003. And we finally, after a very long summer, have a new number one song of the year or of the week. We have upgraded. No, no, we have not. We have moved on from Beyonce's Crazy in Love <laughs> to uh, Shake Your Tail Feather by Nelly. That was my jam. Also, Nelly was at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. He waved at him. I do like Nelly. My yeah. dad can't tell the difference between Nelly and 50 Cent until they start singing. I think that's fair. They were very popular at the same time. And they were very popular at the same time. And they both like have that, like, obviously they don't actually look that much alike. No. That the way that they carry themselves. And like, my dad doesn't really listen to either of them. So he right. just, like, wait, who is that? And then they start singing it. And he's like, never mind, Cause he, he can in fact tell the difference between rapping and singing. Yes. Yes. That is, that is good. That's important. <laughs> and I said, dad, now he's the one in the Burger King commercial. And he goes, Oh no, no. Okay. I got that. I got that. Well, you know, that's how um, my mom knows who J.K. Simmons is because he's in the insurance commercials. And I was like, do you, do you, you mean not know? J. Jonah Jameson? Don't tell me you don't know who J. Jonah Jameson is. Maybe. The, Where's that from? The newspaper editor from the Daily Bugle. Spider-Man's <laughs> boss. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, that is exactly what I mean. Oh, yes he's in everything though yeah no but that's that's what when i think jk simmons i that's who i think of is j jonah mm. mm-hmm. i now think of the closer because he was in there and that's the last thing i watched with him in it fair but he's in a lot <laughs> yeah no he, he sure is um this episode was directed by peter lauer again he's probably uh our most frequent flyer and it was written by paul lieberstein now, Paul Lieberstein is a comedy author uh, on the t- TV. He's written for King of the Hill, The Drew Carey Show. Um, but more importantly than any of the writing he has ever done is that he is the Scranton Strangler himself, Toby Flutterson. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best introduction. And he also, also wrote on The Office. He was one of the main. Yeah, writers. no, I he, I have that he wrote on The Office too, but I just skipped over that because I didn't want it to give it away. <laughs> right, right. Um, but honestly, this episode was, in my opinion, the most emotional episode so far. It was, <sighs> I was in the, my feels the entire time. Uh, I thought every- I was going to sob at work while I was watching it spoiler alert for the toward the end of the episode but i don't hate daisy anymore i know i know we made it 
We made it. Um, so, but to think of the fact that Toby is making me cry <laughs> just made it even worse. I was like, you're Toby. Yes, um, I did not realize. So I don't, I behind the scenes, I don't look up any of the writers or anything on MK's episodes, just on oh, mine. Yeah. But he he's like an excerpt writer on the next episode. And I was like, I don't know what episode he wrote on. How do I not remember that? Yes. No, I also don't look up um, anything on Courtney's episodes, which um, means that as I was watching the next episode that you guys will see on Wednesday, I realized that Courtney had to write a lot of names down. Stay tuned on Wednesday to figure out what that means. Stay tuned. Um, we'll, we'll be here. I also ooh, um, only wrote kind of part of the blurb because um, the blurb on Amazon is always terrible. And the blurb on IMDb was like six paragraphs long. And I was like, that's not a blurb. Who um, <laughs> just wrote a novel to tell me what the story is about. So George is changing jobs to be able to buy a bike. Daisy takes a painting when she reads an artist. And then I wrote dot, 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 because I did not feel like continuing. Because they explain the artist's situation and Mason's situation. And I go, this is a lot of information. I'll get there. Yeah. You don't need any of that right now. We also had three opening credit guest stars. None of whom I have seen in anything. Um, We had Ben Bass, who played Chris, the artist. He was in the show Rookie Blues which I have heard of, but never seen. We have James Purcell, who played Corey, one of the elderly gay men. And he was, again, in nothing I recognized, but his biggest credit was Counter-Strike. I haven't seen that, but I have seen him in something else. But I, I know his what. name. That's the thing is his name and the his um the his partner, the other gay man's name. I recognize both of their names, but then I looked at their IMDb and I don't recognize anything they've done. So I'm I'm perturbed by that. Um, I recognized the, his face when I saw him. So the other the other guy, Henry, was played by Andrew McIlroy. And I know that's the one I knew. Yeah. And I know, I know his name, but again, did not nothing that on his IMDb struck me as Hmm. something that I should recognize. Um, Can you spell his last name? uh, M C I L or M C I L R O Y. Okay. Let's see what he was in that I've seen. Nope, you don't want to tell me anything? That's fine. There it is. Um, Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of these either. He was in, like, one episode of uh, Fringe, which is my favorite show, so that's that's probably how I know his name, but, like, that doesn't really mean anything. He was in a few episodes of Psych. He was in an episode of Mm. Smallville. He was in, like, seven episodes of Battlestar Galactica, but, like, again... It's nobody that I, it's nothing that like, I really know. I probably saw him on psych. I got really into psych for a while. Which, no, I mean, and like, I've watched Fringe Mm -hmm. eight times. But one episode out of like a thousand. 
fringe episodes right. is a little bit different than like right. a few I mean, episodes out of like two seasons of Psych. <laughs> that's fair. But he was only in three episodes of Psych. Yeah, but if it was if it was a good story arc, like that's, a big story arc, I would have remembered it more. Yeah. Um, I probably just recognize the name from having listened to podcasts about fringe. Fair. Fair. Because I've done that. Um, so we start on the bus. George is riding the bus. And um, having ridden on public transportation, primarily a metro bus for many years of my life, I will say that that is the most accurate depiction of hating your life on a bus I've ever seen. Yes. I've, uh, I've spent many, a uh, many an hour on trains and buses now living in the city. And, uh, yeah, but I don't feel like, um, the train in New York is quite like, it's its own kind of sketch. Like is, I don't feel like the buses are sketchy either though. If you like, I guess if you take the right one, but the no, commute but, itself just being packed with people for so long. Right. But in, first of all, in Thailand, the buses were a shit show. But I also here in Buffalo, the metro buses, I have seen some crazy shit. I was in a metro bus when it got into an accident before. I've seen people like trying to rob the bus. Like that, what? that I have, I related to that moment a lot. Yeah, we are a lot more together here than that, at least on the the ones I take. Yeah. No, literally, my Metro bus sideswiped a car and pulled, like, the side of the car off. I then also sideswiped a school bus in my car once. That's not great either. No, it wasn't, and I wasn't, and it was, like, I did cause the accident, but technically, but she was driving a school bus 30 mile or 20 miles over the speed limit and did not wait for the police and did not give her information, only the bus company's information. So I did not get ticketed or fined. And the school bus company had to pay for the accident because she was negligent. Nice for you. Um, I did uh, cause my brother to have PTSD because he was in the passenger side that swiped the bus. Well, that's not good. That's not good. Therapy is more expensive than fixing a car usually. So uh, um, my brother also did not go to therapy. So like, yeah, everyone should go to therapy. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, then we go to the diner and they are talking about how uh, George hates riding the bus and she wants a bicycle and Daisy now, this is why I said I don't stop hating Daisy till much later in the episode. Daisy, um, literally my note says, Daisy rides Dorothy's bike after riding someone's face. <laughs> that is uh, not incorrect. She was like, uh, I used to have the wiz- Dorothy's bike from The Wizard of Oz. I knew someone at the movie. And Mason goes, you mean you blew someone on the movie? She goes, tomato, tomato. Like those are not the same thing. No. Those are not the same thing, Daisy. And then, but then she says, I couldn't ride it anymore after sweet little Judy died. I, I thought that was so funny. I was like, girl, get your life together. And I'm just like, so 
I had a conundrum when this all happened because I was trying to remember what year Wizard of Oz came out and what year Judy Garland died. And then like what year Gone with the Wind was filmed. I'm trying to play Stacey's timeline. Um, Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz were very close. Um, I believe when was like, like the 30s. Gone with the Wind. The 40s, right? Gone was the Wind. Gone with the Wind was 1939, and so was Wizard of Oz. I knew they were. Th- I knew they were. Oh. So I had to double check because I knew Gone with the Wind was 1939. I had to double check Wizard of Oz. They both came out in 1939. Interesting. I was thinking Wizard of Oz was like five to ten years earlier. No, but that's okay. the same year. Um, so, and then Judy Garland died in 1969. So she rode this bike for like 20 years. I guess she got it from a prop. prop she got person. it from a guy on the set. So she didn't necessarily get it in 1939. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Still though. That's a long I wonder. Time I didn't look more this reliable up. transportation. Um, I wonder, and I didn't look this up and I don't really know even how to go about looking it up because I don't understand things. I wonder if we could find that the bike really did go up for auction slightly after Judy Garland died. Like, I wonder if that was an actual fact that they just hmm. use. Cause I feel like sometimes they just use actual historical facts and yeah. then like say like they did with the Mormon thing. Yes. 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 I mean, it was not a, uh... What did they say it was again with the Mormons? Oh, that Joseph Smith. Oh, not the soul coming out of their body. But yes, the rest was correct. Um, Yeah, we could figure that out. So um, Roxy is gone again this episode, but they addressed it, which is more than they've done before. Yes. Yes. So Mason gets two post-it notes and he is kind of peeved. And... um, He's like, well, where's Roxy? And Rube just says, Roxy has other business to attend to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fair. Like, not really, but like, also, thank you for at least warning us that we were going to have another roxy episode. I just wish she was there more because I love her. Um, George does not get a post-it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she does not know why. And truthfully, neither do I. I also do not know. I was like, why does she get a break now? This doesn't make any sense. But then we flash to the uh, last home where um, Joy and Reggie are having breakfast and they're feeding the dog. And uh, Clancy is being a grade A douche hole um, until the dog walks in the room. And then he's like, oh. I love this dog so much. And Reggie's like, dad, you're a tool. And I was like, right. Yes, you are. Yes. Um, Reggie's uh, Reggie's Mm. feelings toward her dad. This episode um, are my, also my feelings toward him. Yes. He um, needs to be gone. (laughs) Um, But as he's leaving, he says that he bought a dog door and he's going to install it when he gets home from work, even though he just said that he wasn't going to come home from work for dinner. Right. But now he can for the dog. Yeah. Cause that's how that works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we go to happy time where um, I wrote awkward guy flirting is awkward. <laughs> I just put it. Who is Josh? Where did he come from? 
no one in this episode came from anywhere. Um, no, so, they didn't. But I also kind of think that was the point. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so Just George like, is like, happening. George is like looking at her computer screen and looking at the bike and trying to figure out if she can afford a bike because she really wants a bike because she doesn't want to ride the bus anymore. And this mm-hmm. guy, Josh, leans over the cubicle wall because apparently he has the cubicle next to her and he's like flirting with her. But he flirts with her by getting her a new job. <laughs> and my thought on that matter is if I'm trying to flirt with somebody who works with me, why would I then get them a job in a different building so I couldn't talk to them anymore? So see, yes, that logically makes sense. I also would think that makes sense. But also if someone got me a job making more money, that might be a good way to flirt with me. Mm, fair. It might be successful. Fair. Because if I had one job that made more money, I could have one job and not two jobs. And then I'd have more time for them too. So if you're secretly looking to date me, just find me a new job that makes like honestly a year. You don't have to find me a new job. <laughs> I love both of my jobs very much. What I would like you to do is um have an English degree and grade my papers for me. Mm. I I do like one and a half mm-hmm. of my jobs a lot, but I would like it more if it was forty hours and not eighty hours. Again. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Josh gets Millie a new job and she goes to tell Dolores that she is leaving and Dolores does not handle it well Dolores has the most murderous look on her face that I've ever seen um, Dolores this is the closest she's ever come to sparing she says well GFY I know And I don't know what I was watching, but very recently, like within the last two days, was watching something that said GFY. And I literally had to stop and go, what is GFY? Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh, I get it. Like, so I consciously had that thought like Mm. yesterday. Interesting. So then then when I saw that, I go, Dolores. And then she said, good for you. I go. You cheeky bitch. See, I had never heard that acronym. And so I was like, who says that? What does this mean? I was like, what is happening? Um, Nick Vial said it in a podcast. That's what I was mm. listening to. Nick Vial told that makes them, sense. Like, some, tell, tell them to GFY. And I was like, GFY? Oh. oh, okay. So we just make up acronyms now. That's fine. I'm going to create my own. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Um, so then we go back to the last house and Joy is installing the doggy door because she wants to beat her husband to it because he's a piece of shit. And she is like, you don't get to love the dog and not me. Mm-hmm. And so she installs the dog door and JD promptly runs the fuck away. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Then he's just a dog. Just dog. Then we go to uh, the loft warehouse thing that Chris is painting up. And uh, Daisy is like, oh, I wrote that she was a gold digger at this point. That was, 
because she's like, oh, look at this art. I'm going to sell it. And he's like, yeah. do you, and he's like, do you even understand art? And she was like, yes, it has value. And he's like, fuck off. He was such a tortured artist. He was such a tortured artist. And he was like, but he was like, art isn't worth anything until the artist is dead. And I was like, I know you're being like dramatic and cliche, but also like, that's a hundred percent true. I know. (laughs) I was like, this is true. Sorry about it. Like, cause so my seventh graders were doing an Edgar Allan Poe unit right now. And we were watching a biography of him. And the fact that like when he was alive, literally the only thing he sold was the Raven. Like that was yep. the only thing that made money. And people used to like, then like avoid him. Cause they said he, they gave, he gave them nightmares. And I was like, he right. gives you nightmares. Imagine what is in this man's head that he's writing that. Right. And then also. Okay then read literally anything else he wrote and you'll be like oh, the raven that's a lullaby exactly <laughs> my grandma read me the raven when i was staying with her one night my my cousin lived with her for a minute and she used to get off at like midnight and so my grandma read me the raven at like midnight one night while we were waiting on her to get home and i was like seven or something and this was my like bedtime story that she yes. read me with like we had like one lamp on it's like this is fine this is normal. Yeah. One of my groups is one of the kids, like the small groups for the short story unit is uh, reading hot frog. The one where the midget uh, burns everyone to down. He gets uh, nope. this midget. It's this midget. It's made fun of too many times. So he pours hot tar on everyone and burns the shit out of them. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I think, it, I think it was the inspiration for Tyrion and Game of Thrones. I also haven't seen Game of Thrones. So, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about it. Um, so then this whole scene, we have a very long continuous scene, which we don't usually get on this show. But Daisy has this whole conversation with Chris and then she reaps him and then he drinks acrylic paint water, which just seems like like a horrible way to die. I know. Um, And then she leaves with the painting that she wants to sell. So ghost uh, Chris follows her and is like, where are you going? And she's like, okay, bye. And he's like, no. to be fair if you were taking the one thing i told you not to take i'm also going to follow you right no absolutely i was a hundred percent team chris mm -hmm. um then we go back to happy time where dolores is proving that she is a fucking nutcase yes and what is she doing all these calls she's making she's ordering a cake and a giant office-sized quesadilla and a pinata. And I'm, I'm, it's a going away party, but I'm very confused what the Mexican theme has to do with Millie. Yeah. We're having an um, unrelated to anything fiesta. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as 
Millie is leaving, it turns out everyone in the office likes her, despite the fact that they've literally never spoken Everyone. Especially Sarah. Is that her name? I thought it was Stephanie. It's Stephanie. The actress's name, Sarah. My bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But she's very dramatic for someone we don't even know. She literally was like, I'm going to miss you so much. My name is Stephanie. I was like, yeah, I was like, all right, Stephanie, calm down. That sounds like some of the guys who messaged me on Instagram. <laughs> They're not the one. No. I'll, I'll tell you now. <laughs> They're not the one. Okay. At this point, I'm starting to think no one's the one because everyone annoys me. I, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that so hard. So then... We go back to Reggie and Joy, and they are out searching the neighborhood for JD. And we have this really sweet moment where Reggie actually tells her mom that it's not her fault. I know. I was like, oh, we've bonded. So sweet. Then we move on to Mason. He has arrived at his double post-it note home. And it is the home of a very lovely gay couple. And this, um, this scene is my favorite interaction in the entire episode. Is it? My still, no. There's still joy. Well, no, my, yes. But my favorite is actually the one right before the death. And they're talking mm. about the gardens and all that stuff. I love that. Oh, but no. So the, this sassy gay couple is like, um, oh, or do we have, uh, time for a survey and they're like is he cute and they said he's all right is he clean he's british well invite him in for a cosmo <laughs> and he invites him in and he says god save the queen and he says not today yeah. <laughs> i was like no that's yeah. funny but sad <laughs> yeah then we go back to happy time where millie is clearly not a thrilled about her going away party which I honestly don't blame her. Look, I'm also not thrilled about her going away party. <laughs> I also am not really sure why Josh and Stephanie think they're friends with her. I'm telling you. At least like Dolores has interacted with her before. Right. I mean, she did stay overnight at Dolores's. So like, right. Dolores has a reason to believe they're friends, even if she's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Dolores did give her an intervention about cocaine. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. They had a real heart to heart about drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them did them. Yes. It was not Millie. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we go back to Mason and the lovely gay couple. And Mason is just being so unintentionally rude. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I was like, like, this is why Mason and Florence got along so well. He was like, uh, so which one is the woman? And he's like, we're they and Henry and Corey are like, nope, we are both men. And the one's like, uh, I did have sex with a woman once. And Mason's like, so like, how did that feel? And the guy goes, not as good as it felt for her fucking me. And I was like. <laughs> Uh, they were just the sweetest little couple. I was obsessed. Uh, obsessed. We go back to the diner. 
where Daisy has arrived with her painting and her dead artist in tow. And uh, she's complaining to Rube that he won't leave her alone. So Rube is like, what the fuck happened? And she's like, I think he's in love with me. And he's like, well, all right. So he goes over to the guy and he's like, listen, she's a looker. I get it. Not my type, but I get it. And I was like, <laughs> and he goes, just go. And he's like, he's like, I don't, I'm not here because I like her. I'm here because she's going to steal my fucking painting. Right. And Rube goes back to Daisy and he's like, can you just like get your shit together for once in your fucking life? He's like, why? Why is this even happening? And she's like, I can't help that he has a crush on me. And he's like, he's like, get the fuck over yourself. And she's like, so is he going to leave? He goes, I don't know. It's your problem. What do you say? Your, your soul, your struggle or something. Yeah, straggler, so, you're straggler, your problem. That's yeah, you're straggler, your problem. <laughs> I was like, true though. It's her fault. She has to go deal with it now. Um oh my eyes of Rube is just straight up over Daisy's shit. Look, I feel it. Which I don't blame to him. be honest, if this episode didn't have a moment for Daisy to stop, it would get real frustrating because if all if Rube is at this point, imagine what the viewers are at. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I had been mm-hmm. watching, I mean, I am watching it very quickly, but like, I can't imagine watching this, not knowing more than I know, like, and just ha- having to deal with Daisy. Like, I don't know how you've done it because I knew that she was going to get better and I still wanted to um, punch her in the face. I just get mad at her every time she's on the screen. That's There's how I deal with it. There's only so much annoying someone can be before you can't watch them anymore. Yes. And like later she, in the series, she still like says dumb things and has like one liners and moments, but like, it's not, but you don't hate her anymore. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to the last house and Clancy Mm -hmm. comes home from work and this ignorant asshole walks in and it's like, my dog, where is my dog? What about your family? Right? Like you would, child. Think, you would think that a man who'd already lost a child would care a little bit more about his other one. Like exactly. that is just so baffling to me. Mm-hmm. Like on a spiritual level, like not even just like as a viewer, like as a human. Right. Yes, I agree. Um. So we go to Reggie's room where she is drawing up lost dog posters, which were actually really good. <laughs> well, props to whatever person in the art department drew that. Yes. Um, and uh, Joy walks in and is like, yep, dog missing. What are you going to do? We go back. <laughs> we go back to uh, Mason. And his um, lovely, lovely gay couple. And he's looking around their house and he's starting to have all kinds of anxiety because he actually like really likes his people and they feed him stew and they're talking about cholesterol and just like being so nice. And he's like genuine human emotions. How do I do this? And then he goes, why is it that queers? I mean, um, you, um, I mean, homosexual people. <laughs> I was like, like, Jesus Christ, amazing, get it together. Why do homosexual people always have the nicest things? And Corey said, We have t- it's called taste. And all I can think <laughs> about 
was the TikTok trend where women and gay men just go, if you think that we choose men, if there was choice involved, would I date a man? And that's all I could think of. I was like, do, do gay men have taste though? Do they? True. It depends. Depends on the gay man. True. Um, And then they just kept talking and being so cute and like bickering about plaque on your teeth and medicine. And they just look so sad. I just wrote these poor sad gay men. I can't. I know. Um, So then the first one dies. I just sat with my head in my hands like this, watching this scene the whole time. I was just like, how? How is this happening? Well, but also because Mason was so awkward before when he had to reap him, he like touched him and then was like, I don't. <laughs> he made it real uncomfortable real fast. And then the alive one was like, put the tea on. So Mason got the tea kettle and I was like, why did you do that? I know. Um, so I'm already in shambles. Don't worry, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Because the next scene immediately is uh, the last family out looking for the dog. And Clancy goes, I think we should split up. And I was like, well, that's a fucking rude way to ask for a divorce. I wrote this note as Joy is being like, well, you better have a good lawyer. And he goes, I meant split up and look for the dog. <laughs> Joy is just ready for a divorce. She is she's like, over she's like, please, she's like, please fucking leave. Like, I'm done. I was like, wow. But I get it. <laughs> I'm ready for her to leave them too. And then when she was shocked, I was like, oh, oh shit, same. I was also shocked that that was the direction we were going in. Yes. Um, we go back to happy time where apparently um, we do drugs at work parties. I just put drugs are bad. I just wrote, I wrote drugs at a work party. What a good time. Um, yeah. yeah, that's all I really know how to say about that. Um, Stephanie mm-hmm. is on. It's a disaster. On acid, I think she said. I think so. It's something you put on your tongue. They were, yeah, something about a tab like a very, and a tongue. It was something about a tab high knowledge a, of drugs. Yeah. A tab on a tongue would indicate acid. Mm. Her behavior would indicate some kind of hallucinogenic. It almost seemed more like ecstasy. But see, I'm going to, um, again, with my high knowledge of drugs, when she's talking about this, all I could think of was those little Listerine strips you put on your tongue. Well, <laughs> I was listen, like, that's, it's oh, like that's is that how- a truck? No, that's that how, how it, that, yeah, that's how a lot of people do acid. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Does it taste as bad? Why do they why? Those things are terrible. Yeah. Um, if you're doing it, you don't really care what it tastes like. That's true. Some people just lick paper. Like I mean, some people put it in gummy bears, which I will neither confirm. I do like a gummy bear. Is it the best way to do it um i um i can not not confirm or deny any partaking of anything um i will probably 
not ever do that, but I have put alcohol in gummy bears before. That was, those are delicious. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we go back to Daisy at the diner fighting with Chris to get him to cross over to the other side. And he is like, you don't understand art. And she was like, but I'm an actress. And I was like a little offended by that because I was like, no, you're a movie star, not an actress. That's a different thing because a true actress would give a shit about the art. Right. Right. I was slightly offended. So then we go back to Mason. And I just put, are you kidding me? The show is getting hella dark. And then I just put, why, why, why? I literally just wrote, <laughs> Mason has the worst job. Because I can't even. He always gets the most emotional ones. Like the ones he actually gets attached to people. Oh, I know. So he is trying to explain to Corey what happened to Henry. And Ghost Henry is trying to tell him what to say. And Corey's like panicking and like is like, you're not really here about a survey, are you? And Mason's like, I'm I'm not. But I'm, I'm not trying to hurt you. And I was just like. Oh, I'm going to cry. I can't, <laughs> can't deal with this. Um, we return to happy time for a not so happy time. Where um, George and Dolores are full on fighting. But like in a very passive aggressive way that I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> and she's like Dolores hates me and Josh was like no I don't think you get it like she's this upset because she loves you and she was like that's not how you treat people that you love yeah well give Clancy a call let him know too while you're at it facts um, so then they realized that Stephanie and her drug induced self has gone missing they're like, who was in charge of babysitting Stephanie at the party? And George is like, shit, that was me. She is a grown adult. You should not have to babysit her, especially at your own party. He's a grown adult with drug problems. Why would Dolores or George, who are both supposed drug addicts in rehab and recovery, True. be in charge? Like, why would you put someone in recovery in charge of the person with a drug problem? That right. seems incorrect to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just to say. But then we get a scene where we realize that George would make a very good kindergarten teacher. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Because Stephanie is hiding under a table um, saying that the color red has killed the color blue and that yellow is next and there is no hope for yellow. There's no hope for yellow. <laughs> So George does what any rational person who works with small children would do and says, well, hold on. Let me just call the color police. And if that does not scream, I work with five-year-olds. I don't know what does. Yes. Accurate. And then 
Mm-mm. I go back. I'm not ready. <laughs> to our gay couple. <sighs> and um, Corey walks down the stairs. Oh, no, Henry. It's Henry. Corey's the dead one. Henry's the alive one. Henry walks down the stairs and he was like, this was Corey's favorite suit. And I'm not going to Japan without Corey. I'm not doing this. I've spent 30 years of my life with this man. I'm not going to bed in that bed tonight without him. I'm not waking up in the morning without him. I'm just not doing it. And dad, dad, Corey has been trying to get Mason to not let Henry kill himself. But then he gives a speech about their love and how he can't do it. And Corey's like, well, at least tell him where the pills are so he doesn't do it with a knife. And Mason is like, don't do it with the knife. That'll be too messy. And your suit is too nice. Such a nice suit. (sighs) (laughs) This episode (laughs) read to me. <sighs> it was so sad. And they like, kept, we have had absurd they kept deaths. Tr- right. They kept trying to intersperse kind of funny moments and it didn't work. Like we immediately quickly after this scene cut to George walking out with um Stephanie. Stephanie in the office, and there's just like randomly a naked man in the office. I did not even see that. No, no, yeah, there's like fully a man with no shirt on just standing in the middle of the office party. And I was like, that's supposed to be funny, but I'm literally crying over two wonderfully sweet old gay men. I don't know why you think that I can laugh at a time like this. Yeah. Yeah, there was a no levity in this moment, only sadness. And then we go back to Waffle House. And Mason gives Daisy the keys to Florence's and I, house. I didn't know if he was giving her the keys to Florence's house at this moment. And I was like, is that the key for Florence of the lovely gaze? Which house is she getting? And I realized obviously later that it was Florence's. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna stay with the gaze because A, the house is nicer, and B, that well, moment. No, he goes, he's going to move into their apartment. Daisy and uh, is he? Um, George's. Because mm-hmm, that's what they said when she's talking to her at the end. She says, uh, why did Mason give us this house or whatever? And she said, he figured if we were living together that we needed more space and we needed a nicer space for the two of us. And uh, he would, so he switched with us. Oh, for some reason, I thought he was staying at the lovely old gay man's house. But that well, makes that's sense. what I thought, too, but, until Daisy said that at the end. Yeah, but that makes sense because he was complaining that it was like a three hour ride. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have lived three hours away. Yeah. Um, but so he gives him the keys and he's like, I thought you and George might need a little bit more space. And I just wrote Mason is an angel and I love him. I know. I love him so much. Um. Then, while I'm trying to hold myself together, right, <laughs> we go to the back to happy time where they're giving George her final goodbye present. Um, it is a bicycle bell 
because Josh told them that she would like that because apparently Josh is an expert on George's feelings. Yes. He knows her hundred percent. And Dolores goes to give a goodbye speech and fully just cannot. And she, I wrote Dolores is broken. Why am I feeling? I don't, I, I was probably still just crying over Mason and right. the game, but like, I'm now I'm crying for Dolores too. Yes. And then because she's a lunatic, but she still has a heart. Right. And then because um, everyone wanted to make me cry to, in this episode, we go to Florence's house where Daisy is getting her stuff set up and Chris is still there because she still has the painting. And he's talking to her about what he's like, what are you even going to do with it? And she's like, well, I mean, I kind of like listened to what you were going to say. I guess I'm going to hang it. And he's like, you don't even know the first thing about hanging a painting, do you? She's like, nope. And so he tells her where to hang the painting to get the best light. And he was like, you need a little bit more light. And she was like, me? No, I'm light as a feather. And he's like, no, like you're not. You need light in your life. And then he just walks away. And she's like, Chris, where, where are you going? And he says, I just realized I painted it for you. Oh. <laughs> there is just uh, not a moment. And then Daisy fear. is like standing on the porch, just like almost in tears. <sighs> and then we go to the Waffle House where George is asleep in the booth in a sombrero for some reason. Because <laughs> again, they just wanted to give us a moment before they break our hearts again. Right. Um, so then George goes to her new job. Which fucking sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, so that lasts all of three minutes. Mm-hmm. And she then immediately quits that job too um, and goes back to the diner because she literally has nowhere else to go. And Rube comes in and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't have a job and I don't have money. And I don't have a bike and my life is great. And he's like, okay, look out the window. And he got her a bike. If he does care. And then he hands her a post-it note. And she's like, I, Rube, I can't. I can't. She's like, I'm not trying to fight you. I'm not trying to disobey. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But I just, I can't today. He was like, shut up. It's not a job. It's your new address. Daisy told me to give it to you. So then she rides her bike. To her new address and realizes it's Florence's house and is very confused. And um, she goes in and Daisy is just having like a moment. And she's like, Mason swapped with us. We're going to live here now. We need more space. I'm just kind of doing some decorating. Don't worry. I brought your frog. He's still here. He's home. And now you're home. And she's like giving her a choice of a bedroom. And I'm just like full on not a human anymore at this point. Right. I'm huddle. I know it was just, it was a lot to take in. Um, so then George is feeling all the things. And so she's riding around town on her bike when she runs into JD. 
So she takes him back home. And um, we go back to the house where Reggie is trying to memorize the Great Lakes. And I just have a question for Joy. Did you never learn the mnemonic device Holmes? Apparently not. You're around Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. H-O-M-E-S, Holmes. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I have always lived on a Great Lake for my entire life. Okay, well, I also learned that in Louisiana. Okay, Okay, no, because I was going to say, I literally have a cottage on Lake Erie. Mm -hmm. I live on the Great Lakes. So that didn't, I was like, maybe that's just a me thing. But no, if you learned it also in Louisiana, which is not the Great Lakes. um, Is very much not. Yeah, was very confused why she started with Michigan and when, then was confused why people, they couldn't think of it. I was like, that's not the order. I go, you started, you started wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't always say them in that order because I sometimes say Erie and Ontario first because those are the two I've been in. Yes. But if I can't think of all five, I immediately do the mnemonic. Right. But really, the Great Lakes was not the point of the scene. The scene was to show that Clancy is being a douche again. A total jerk. And is like, yeah, I don't know. I got to go to work. I don't care. And then, of course, JD comes back in because uh, George has just returned him. And suddenly Clancy's not an asshole anymore. And Reggie is this close to telling her father off. And I was like, oh, I wish she would have said something. Somebody needs to say something. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yay. Um, Good times. The trivia for this episode on IMDb is garbage. Um, One is the species of frog that George has. I would like to know what that is. Um, Yeah, that would require me remembering um, because I read... No, I read, I read the Latin name first and then was like, I'm never going to remember that. Let me just remember the not Latin name. So then of course I immediately forgot the not Latin name. Right. Right. Um, You know, I love frogs though. No, me too. I'm, I'm full. I'm, I'm a huge amphibian reptile kind of gal. Um, it is the Argentine wide mouthed toad. It's not actually a frog. Um, and they are very good at jungle camouflage. All of that is in the IMDb trivia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also, oh, but it's an albino one, which is why it's a light orange instead of a dark, oh. dark brown. Mm, um, that is interesting. Now, this is the other piece of trivia. And this is why I genuinely hate IMDb with a burning passion. Warning, spoilers. The grim neorealist 1948 Italian movie, The Bicycle Thief, is generally ranked among the top films of all time. While the plot elements and mood of this episode have little in common with the Italian movie, this episode does contain some theft and a bicycle. I read that and I said, get the fuck out of here. Everything contains theft in a bicycle. I down thumbed that because the <laughs> fuck. We need to start making up our own trivia to include. It doesn't have to be true. 
I'm just yeah, honestly, to- I'm just gonna be like, this also has the color green in it. You should. Because, I would. I would like it. What the fuck? Speaking Oof, of what the fuck, be- who do you want to punch? I would like to punch death in the face because he killed the two gays in a terrible way that was so sad and I'm mad about it and it was rude I agree with that but I would like to punch Josh in the face because (laughs) none of this office ordeal would have happened if he just kept his pudgy nose out of somebody's business that's true this is all his fault. Yeah. Probably not the gays dying, but like. Right. That's probably not his fault. Yeah. Um, how about I had your an honorable mention for Clancy, though? Oh, oh, no. Yeah. That's a tough toss up, Josh or Clancy. Yeah. Everything Josh broke got fixed in the end. Everything Clancy broke did not. That's true. No, maybe it it should be Clancy. He's kind of a shitty head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, How about your MVP? Mason. Because of my heart. (laughs) I felt so bad for him. And he had, he did, he did his best to keep everything together. But he was clearly devastated. I just want to hug it. I know. I just love Mason so much. I know he's not the best, like, um, icon to follow, but uh, I mean, I love this show came out in 2003. In 2003, I was a ripe young 11 years old. And if that doesn't explain my taste in men for the rest of my life, I don't. I don't know what else does. Although I did tell someone the other day, I think it might've been, yeah, it was a couple of my seventh graders, like the good ones who are in my drama club who were staying after school. And they were talking about who their first crushes were when they were like babies. And I was like, yeah, my first crush was the beast from Beauty and the Beast, not as a human. I knew that fact about you. (laughs) I feel like anyone who knows me in adult land would know that. <laughs> in adult teacher, land. In teacher land, that was a very shocking and unsettling thing to find out about me. What other lands are there? Because I don't want to be in adult land or teacher land. Can I be in like chocolate land? No, but adult land includes alcohol and sex and sleeping in whenever you want with nobody telling okay. you. I never get to sleep in, first of all. Well, that's because of um, land. Can I be in alcohol land just by itself? That's bad for your liver. But like, I guess. There are no rules. Like, the rules don't apply in alcohol land. <laughs> so it doesn't mess up your liver. <laughs> I'm creating a new world. Feel free to join it or not. <laughs> Uh, I'm writing that down so I don't forget that that's what I'm naming this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. 
speaking of naming the episodes, you can find the episodes on YouTube or Spotify or any of those places. Um, and you can find us on all of the social medias at Death and Aliens. You can find me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can find me at C-E Cloud 13. And um, we will be back again on Wednesday with a very interesting episode. It'll be a, a ride. Less crying. Definitely less crying. A lot less crying. A lot not, less crying. Not entirely no crying, but a lot less crying. Yes. Yes. Um, Which is all we can really ask for in life. True. True. Mm-hmm. So we will see you then. See you. Bye. Then.